Shalom Aleichem Raboisai, this is Rabbi Falk speaking to you from Telstone in Eretz Yisrael, the home base of Nevei on the Nevei podcast. This week's Parsha is Parshas Nitzavim. It's not only Parshas Nitzavim, but it's the last Shabbos of the year. It's well known that there's a Mesairah. I saw it B'Shem Reb Elio Lupian, that a person can be misakin, can rectify and correct the whole year on the last week of the year. He says that the Sunday, the last Sunday, if a person uses that and utilizes that Sunday to the fullest, it can be a tikkun for all of the Sundays of the year, and likewise Monday, and certainly Shabbos. So this Shabbos is not Stama Shabbos. This Shabbos is a very, very special Shabbos. Because if we take the Shabbos and we use it, and we are makabo on ourselves, the Kedusha Shabbos, and we use the Shabbos to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we use the Shabbos to its fullest, this Shabbos can be a tikkun for all the Shabbos of, all the, of the whole year. And it will be a tremendous chus for us on Rosh Hashanah on Yom Adin. Rebelli Lupian asks, how, how does keeping one Shabbos at the end of the year, how is that metake, and how is that correcting or rectifying all the other Shabboses? You'll get schar for the one Shabbos you get, but why should that somehow correct all of the Shabboses of the whole year, and to such an extent that that is a schus in, your, in Rosh Hashanah, Yom Adin? Very, very strange. So he brings... A Maise, a Moshal from the Duvna Magid, a Meridik Moshal. The Duvna Magid said there was a king, and this king was planning a massive celebration, and he's going to invite all of the very Chosh of the people in his kingdom. And he wanted something to show at that party. He wanted something special, something unique, a beautiful piece of artwork to show everyone at that party. So he, he wanted to order something unique. So he decided, I would like to order a tremendous goblet, a great big becher, a gold, 24-carat gold becher that will be, this, that will be um, it'll have a beautiful design and decorated with precious stones in it. And I'm going to take that becher and put it on the middle of the table and that will be the centerpiece of the table for this tremendous party. So he asked his advisors, who is a tremendous goldsmith who could do a job for me? And they told him about this one goldsmith. He calls in the goldsmith and he describes what the king describes, what he wants. I want a beautiful, beautiful becher. I want it to be big. I don't care what it costs. I will give you all the gold that you need in order to make it. How long will it take you to make such a becher? So the goldsmith thinks to himself, and then he says, yo, a becher like that, a goblet like that, will take me six months to make. The king says, you know what? I'm not going to give you six months. I'll give you a year. But I want it to be really special. And I'm going to pay you every month a large, large salary that you shouldn't have to take any other work upon yourself, that you'll be able to focus on this goblet and make me a beautiful, beautiful creation. The guy is like, great, fantastic, unbelievable. And he says, look, I'm not only going to give you the salary, but I'll give you up front a couple salaries so that you'll be able to sit and to work and make me a beautiful, beautiful goblet. 
The goldsmith goes home to his wife. He's ecstatic. And he tells him, my gosh, I got this job from the king. Unbelievable. He describes his goblet that he has to, to, to make for him. And he says, you know what? He asked me, how long will it take? I told him six months. But the truth of the matter is, it, doesn't, it won't take me six months. It'll really take me three months to make that goblet. But I told him six months. And not only did he give six months, but he gave me a whole year. So I have an unbelievable amount of time. I'm being paid for all my work. I'm rich now. He tells his wife, you know what? Let's go out and celebrate. Let's take a cruise around the world. We'll stay in beautiful hotels. We'll live it up. I got plenty of time and I have plenty of money. They go out on a cruise and the guy gets with his wife and they're having such a great time. They go to the most expensive hotels, the most expensive restaurants. And the guy is spending tremendous amounts of money. And he, he gets into this this lifestyle and he he mamish in he's in debt. But he takes from the gold that he was given in order to make this goblet, and he starts hocking it and borrowing money. And finally, he finally gets home. It's a month to the time that he has to deliver the goblet. And he realizes, my gosh. And all of a sudden he gets a call from one of the ministers of the king. And he asks him, tell me what's doing with the goblet? How's it, how's it coming along? How's it progressing? And he's in a panic. And he tells his wife, my gosh, what am I going to do? And he, he doesn't even have any gold left to make the goblet. He goes back to the minister of finance who's in charge of the treasury of the king. And he tells him, listen, I know you gave me a lot of gold, but I need a little bit more gold in order to put a certain beautiful decoration, an intricate decoration that I want to put on the goblet. And I need a couple more precious stones, little ones, in order to finish finishing touches on this beautiful creation that I'm creating for the king. So fine, the minister of the treasury gives him more, a little bit more gold. He gives him a couple more precious stones. And this goldsmith then goes home and he has only enough to make a small goblet. But he works for that month on this small goblet, this beautiful kois, this beautiful becher. And he creates a beautiful, beautiful becher in that month. He designs it with intricate decorations and the, the precious stones are cut perfectly and placed perfectly in the in the becher. And he has this small, regular-sized becher, but it's beautiful. He then takes the becher and he wraps it up and he puts it into a small box and he puts that small box into a bigger box and he puts that bigger box into a bigger box. He's got 10 boxes, one inside of each other, all wrapped Beautiful wrapping on the outside. By the time the 10th box is a big, big box, he wraps it up and he has to take it to the king. And he goes to the suit of the king and he brings this beautiful, these great big boxes in the goblet. The king sees it and he's all excited. And he's like, ah, must be beautiful. He puts it down on the table and he starts opening the box to get to the goblet, to the beautiful becher. He opens one box. He sees there's another box, opens the next box, gets to that box. Finally opens all the boxes, gets them down to a small box, opens it up. And he sees this, this tiny becher. And he says, what in the world is going on? What are you playing games with me? I ordered a beautiful, beautiful guy, a great big becher. You bring me a little becher? The goldsmith says, Your Honor, the King, Your Majesty, please, before you get upset, just take a look at the becher. Take a look at the beautiful artwork. It's a master, a masterpiece, that becher. You're right, it's small. But just look at it. 
And the king takes it and he starts looking at it and he says, yeah, it is, it's beautiful, it's very, very nice. It's very, very nice. This is a very intricate work and I see that you're a master and the stones are beautiful and everything looks great. But it's a tiny little becher that Goldsmith says, your majesty, please show it around to all your guests. Let them look at it. And they all start looking and they go, it's beautiful, it's a masterpiece. This person is, is, a, is a true craftsman. He's an artist. The becher comes back to the king and the king says, it's beautiful, but it's a tiny little becher. I ordered a massive becher. I ordered a great big goblet. And it's not a great big goblet. The goldsmith then pleads with the king. He says, your majesty, what I did was terrible. Instead of working on the goblet for the whole year, I went out and I took the money and I took the gold and I went and I vacationed and I got carried away and it was terrible what I did. But but your majesty, look at what I can do. It's a tiny goblet, I promise you. If you'll have faith in me, I promise you that I will make for you the most beautiful, gigantic becher in the world. Look at the work. You see that I can do it and I want to do it. The Duvna Magid says that that is exactly what we do the last week of the year. We show a Kaddish Baruch Hu that we might have messed up the whole year. You gave us life. You gave us Parnosa. You gave us tremendous potential. You gave us tremendous Kaychas. And we didn't use them properly. But Kaddish Baruch Hu, I, pr- I promise you, I really want to use them. And I'll show you this one week what I can do. Just look at this last Sunday. Look at this last Shabbos. Look what I can do with the Shabbos. If you please, if you just have faith and give me another chance. Rabbi say Rosh Hashanah is a very, very strange Yom Hadin. It's a day of judgment. It's a court day where we go before a Kaddish Baruch and we're judged as to whether we deserve another year of life and parnasa and of health. But if it's a day of judgment, we're standing before the Melech, we're standing before a court, and we're pleading our case, it's, it would seem to be, it's, it should be judgment on the past. The first thing we should do is we should beg for forgiveness. We should be saying, all the alchets, we should be we should be begging mercy. And on Rosh Hashanah, we don't say alchet even once. We don't Ask forgiveness for anything that we did the last year. It, it's a strange thing. It's Yom Adin. Say you're sorry. Beg for forgiveness. We don't ask for forgiveness on Rosh Hashanah. Why don't we ask for forgiveness? Another very strange thing about Rosh Hashanah is it's a very, very strange halacha. It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. Crazy, crazy halacha. It's brought down that a person should try during the Aseris Yemei Tshuva in Simon Tov Reish Gimel, a person should try during a Sarasimechuva to accept upon himself chumras that he doesn't do the whole year. To try to do things during those Sarasimechuva that he, he's not machpid on the whole year. Even though he knows that he's not going to do it the rest of the year either. He's not going to do it after a Sarasimechuva. But for those 10 days, do it. For those 10 days, try to stretch yourself. Try to do the best you can. Try to accept upon your things that you normally don't do. Rabbi said, what kind of a crazy thing is that? What is this? We're trying to fool a Kaddish Baruch Hu? We do things for 10 days and that makes me a changed person? What is it, a joke? Rabbi said, Rosh Hashanah is not about last year. It's not about what we did last year. The name Rosh Hashanah 
is the head, the beginning of the new year. Rosh Hashanah is not about the past. Rosh Hashanah is about the future. Rosh Hashanah is we go before a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We're Mamlich HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We accept the Kaddish Baruch Hu as the Melech, as the King. We realize what we should be doing. We tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it could be I did all kinds of things I didn't realize. I, I made mistakes the last year, but Rosh Hashanah is not about my mistakes. Rosh Hashanah is about my commitment and what I want to do for the future. And that's why during Aser Semei we try to do as much as we can. We try to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what we potentially can do, even if I can't do it now, and I can't, I know I can't do it right now, but that's my aspirations. That's what I'm striving for. That Raboy says what Rosh Hashanah is about. That's what that little becher, we make for him a little becher, but we make it with all of our heart. We put everything we have into it. During those Aserisim Hechuvah, we show a Kaddish Baruch Hu that when you make a decision, who do you need in this world for next year? Who is going to be Shem Shomayim, who is going to be an Oyved Hashem? We show a Kaddish Baruch Hu that that is our intention. That is what we want to do. That Rabbi says what Rosh Hashanah is about. There's no Alchets. There's no begging, begging for, for forgiveness. There's no cleaning up the mess that we made last year. That's Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is a day of accepting a Kaddish Baruch Hu as the Melech, realizing what we should be doing and promising a Kaddish Baruch Hu that we will try to do the best that we can. And Rabbi Sai, if we make those Kabbalahs and we sincerely open our hearts and we really want to reconnect with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Mir Hashem, we will all be Zoyche to Aksiva and Achasim Ataifah.